Hello and welcome to the No Room for Doubt podcast. My name's Kyra Matthews. I'm a manifestation obsessive and I help creatives and independent business owners overcome self-doubt and anxiety so they can build thriving businesses online. So let's get into it. Hello friends, how are you doing? Welcome to another episode of the No Room for Doubt podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, today's show, I've taken it from the archive. And the reason why I wanted to bring this one back, why I thought now was a really good time, is because many of you know that that I hosted a webinar called Close the Gap, Smash Your Goals. And when you signed up for the webinar, there was a little box that said, hey, what are you working on? What's your biggest challenge right now when it comes to your goals? And so many people said, I'm overthinking, I'm in my head and I'm not taking action. I just want to have the self-belief and the confidence that it's going to work. I just want to feel confident so then I can take action. And... I think it's really easy to see people online and to think that they must feel so confident all the time. They must feel so amazing all the time. They must never get self-doubt. That's why they can go out and achieve all those things. That's why they can go out and do all of these things. And I just want to (laughs) say, let's just bust that myth right now. I don't actually think that's true. I talk a lot about community and about putting yourself in the rooms of people that you admire, people that are out there doing the thing. So I have many, many friends that I would say are successful and they would call themselves successful. Like if you saw them online and what they're able to do and the people that they're able to work with by most standards, they're achieving some level of success And the kind of conversations that we have, it's never like, yeah, that was so easy. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't lose one inch of sleep over that project. (laughs) We are always challenging ourselves. We're always pushing ourselves to the edge. We're actually like really honest about the anxiety, the fears, the worries that come up. It doesn't ever stop people that I'm connected to. It's kind of like... I feel afraid and I'm doing this. Um, (laughs) Shout out to you if we've had those conversations. And the reason for this episode is, is to really share that you don't have to wait until you feel totally comfortable in order to take action. And do you know what I would recommend? That you don't wait until you feel comfortable. When I think about all the projects that I've got to work with and all the brands, so Adidas is just one example of a brand that I've been able to work with. I don't think that there has been a project where I have been, where I have felt truly ready for. Public speaking for me is one of those things that always brings up a little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiety up for me. Um, it's something that I find really scary to do. I definitely have done so many talks that it's gotten better, but there's still always that anxiety. If I had waited until that anxiety had disappeared, I probably wouldn't have done Future Self Nights. I wouldn't have done half of the talks that I've been asked to do. I wouldn't have gone to New York to talk for a brand. 
And that's just such a shame. And the truth is, when you wait until you feel perfectly ready, you deny yourself all of these opportunities that are out there waiting for you. I know that you have so many ideas, so many ways that you could grow your creative practice, so many ways that you could grow your business. Like, I literally know you do. And I want you to start taking action on them. I want you to start reaching out to people and working with them and collaborating with them. I want you to start being louder and really selling yourself and putting yourself out there on Instagram. I want you to start writing emails, showing up on LinkedIn, doing the crazy thing. Because I guarantee you, if you continue doing that in a year's time, life will look totally different. I hope this podcast that was originally published in 2021 is able to give you some inspiration and guidance for the next big scary thing that you work on. Enjoy! So today I wanted to talk about a manifestation I recently unlocked. So one of my goals for 2022 was to do more speaking events and more brand collaborations. I have achieved one of those goals. And I have done that. Many of you who are following me on my Instagram will have seen that last week I did a talk, a live event with Adidas and Albright. It was super amazing. So Adidas were launching one of the largest ranges of sports bras in the UK. They had this whole event that was about women supporting women and how to create a really supportive network and a supportive community. And they had invited me to host a panel discussion and to host a workshop on how people can put themselves out there to network and to build community and get rid of the fears that people often associate with networking and building communities. And it was incredible. It was just incredible. After the event, I felt amazing. I felt more of myself. I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, Kyra, you're being the woman that you've always wanted to be. I felt very proud of myself. After the event, many people came up to me and told me how much they enjoyed it, how they felt like that event filled their cup. It was exactly what they needed. The team at Albright and Adidas really loved it. They kept on sending me DMs and emails and they're like, yep, can't wait to work with you again. And I have some other projects in the pipeline that are coming out as a result of taking that opportunity. And I literally walked home and feeling so blessed and so lucky and happy and successful. Truly, it was a manifestation that I feel really grateful to have unlocked. In this podcast episode, I really just wanted to take you behind the scenes, if you will, and share about some of the things that really came up for me in unlocking that manifestation. I think when we set 90-day goals, it's really easy to think that setting that goal that everything has to feel nice and lovely the whole time. One of the things that that has to happen in order to to achieve your 90-day goal is you have to do a lot of things that are 
unusual to you, that are new to you, that are outside of your comfort zone, things that you wouldn't normally do. And they're often things that you typically wouldn't see other people doing. So you may see other people who are just kind of doing the run of the mill stuff. It really has to be you to do something different and to go first and to really put yourself out there. The 90 day goal it's short enough and long enough for you to really try a bunch of things and get a load of fails under your belt. You want to fail as quickly as possible. That is the key to achieving your 90-day result. I have recently done a podcast with Tasha, the podcast with Jade, if you go a few podcast episodes back, when you listen to them talk, they've they've both achieved their 90-day goals they are evidence of this. And I have so many clients who are evidence of this. They had to fail and it had to really suck for a while before they achieved the result that they wanted. So I just wanted to talk to you about that sucky part. (laughs) The part that doesn't feel nice when it comes to achieving your goal and putting yourself out there. And this really showed up in a big way for me in doing this opportunity. What's super fun is that I knew I was going to record this podcast. Like I knew that I was going to do that talk and people were going to be so blown away. They're going to want to work with me more. Like I knew that people were going to love all the things that I was saying. And I knew that I was going to be doing this podcast with you, telling you about how hard it was, but telling you about how I overcame all of these challenges. Like I predicted my future. I think that's really interesting. Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dispenza, sorry, there's a Z, not an S, is one of my favorite mentors because his work is all about manifestation, but it's heavily grounded in neuroscience. And I do recommend that you check out his work. I think I've, I think I recommend him on the podcast every few episodes or so. But he always says like the way to predict the future is to create it. We do that with our minds. And I just want to share a little bit about that. So with this talk, there was a very short timeline from me getting the opportunity and delivering the talk. There was a very short timeline. At the time when I said yes to this opportunity, I only actually had 10% belief that I could deliver a really good talk that I would be proud of. Okay, 10% belief. If I'm being really, really honest, I think it was like 9% belief. (laughs) But I still said yes to doing this opportunity. I saw the email and there was no doubt that I was going to do it. I was like, yes, I'm all in. I don't believe I can do it right now, but I'm all in on this. The reason why I was able to say yes to this, even though I only had 10% belief. So what I'm saying is that 90% of myself and my body and my mind didn't think I could do it, didn't think it was possible, didn't think I could deliver an amazing talk. And yet I was able to say yes, because one of my greatest skills is my ability to predict my future and to create my future. And I'm not talking about looking into a crystal ball or anything hokey pokey like that or using tarot to predict the future. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is the skill of being able to think a thought and to produce that outcome. The skill of being able to say, I wanna go to Tokyo 
and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to Tokyo. Having the trust in myself that I know I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get to Tokyo. Because getting to Tokyo is one of my goals. It's one of the things that I'm committing to myself to do. I think in the past, as a past version of me, who would show up to opportunities and I would just hope for the best. <laughs> I'm going to launch something. I'm going to launch a range of dresses and I'm just going to hope for the best. I'm going to start a business and I'm going to hope for the best. I'm going to go to an interview and I'm just going to hope for the best. I'm going to post some reels on TikTok and I'm just going to hope for the best. I don't think that there is anything that could be more destructive to your self-confidence than hoping for the best and that being the main thought that you lead with. And the reason why is because when you say, oh, I'm just going to hope for the best, what you're really saying is you are at the mercy or the liberty of life or anything that happens at the algorithm or really at the liberty of the external world. When we give all of our power to, well, we're just going to see what happens, we aren't in that creative mode. We aren't in full control of our power. I personally never go into anything thinking, really, I'm just going to hope for the best. I think that every opportunity that you step into, whether you're like, it's a new week in your business, you're starting a new job and you're really excited about it, whether you're going to go on a date, whether you're starting a new exercise or you're going to start roller skating or you're going to start badminton or bowling or whatever it is. I always go in knowing how I want that, what I want the outcome to be. So with the Adidas talk, even though I had, I didn't really believe it was possible, I knew that my outcome, what I wanted my outcome to be was that I give an amazing talk, that both companies are super excited that they hired me, that they can't wait to pay me, that they can't wait to work with me again, and that the audience walk away feeling that they got something really valuable, something that's going to really stay with them and change their lives. I knew that that was my outcome. In a sense, that becomes my point B point. Knowing that that's my outcome, that becomes my Tokyo. And my point A, where I started, was I'm in London and I don't have the belief that I can get to Tokyo. And so knowing that I wanted to get to Tokyo and that I wanted to get to my point B, I then went through a process of shifting that 10% belief and making it bigger so that I believed more in myself than I didn't believe in myself. So I wanted to take that 10% belief and get it up to 30, 40, 50, 60%. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. <laughs> that right up to the night of the event, like the night before the event, I was super excited to do this. But there was a little voice in my head that was like, hey, why don't you just tell them that you've got COVID? <laughs> why don't you tell them that you've got COVID? Tell them that you're really sorry. It's not too late to pull out. What can you do? Surely you can't go if you have COVID. And I was like, no brain. We are not going to fake COVID because you were afraid of delivering a talk. That was what my brain was saying right up to the night of the event. And uh, funny story, one of my friends called me 
before the talk and I was walking to the bus stop. I was walking, I was walking quite fast to the bus stop. So I was a little bit out of breath, but the real reason why I was out of breath was because my anxiety was so intense in my chest. (laughs) And I'm talking to my friend and I can barely speak. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm on the, I'm going to the bus, like really panicking. And I call that friend again after I do the talk. And my friend was like, I was so nervous for you. You sounded so afraid. I was like crossing my fingers, waiting for you to call me back. And I knew you could do it, but I was just really nervous. So this is to say that I'm not going to pretend that when I delivered the talk, like on the morning of, I was at 100% belief. I would say I delivered that talk on about 80% that I could do that. I wouldn't say that getting to 100% belief is absolutely the goal. I got to about 80%. Nonetheless, the preparation for me delivering that talk was about building up my belief. It's really interesting because the words that I actually said when I was hosting the panel, when I was delivering that talk, creating the slides and the words and the the talk outline were a really small part of my preparation. I definitely have a pendant for looking for excellence in anything. So I actually watched a couple of TED Talks. I evaluated a couple of really amazing TED Talks that I loved. I researched the structure for a TED Talk. And I basically did all this research so I could be sure that I would be delivering something that was really excellent. I did that really quickly. I would say it took me about maybe like two hours, two hours and a half to figure out all the things I was going to say and to do all that research. And then once I had that two hours and a half, I didn't go back and change my mind. I was like, okay, that's the talk. This is what we're doing. One of the reasons for that is because the time scale that I had to prepare was a very short time scale. The team got in touch with me. And one of the things that scared me the most about doing this opportunity was that I only had a short amount of time. For the talks that I've done before with other brands, I maybe had like three, four months to prepare. For this talk, it was a very short time, very, very short time. And that was one of the things that scared me. And so I knew that I couldn't spend lots of indulgent amounts of time figuring out what I'm going to say, lots of time researching and endless and endless researching in Google. I needed to make a decision and to do that quickly. This shows up definitely if you have a perfectionist brain. What your brain could want to do is want to do all of the research, to watch all of the talks. Maybe you want to do a course in speaking and your brain gets so trapped in researching and working on your words and all of that stuff, truly it's not as important as the energy that you're going to be when you're delivering that thing. So if I had spent all of my time researching and going over my words and trying to, you know, make the best slides and all of these things, really there comes to a point where all of that type of preparation is coming from fear. Like you don't think what you're saying is good enough. So you over research and you don't really give yourself a much, um, you don't give yourself the best opportunity. 
So what I was going to say was a really short part of the reha- of the preparation where I spent the most time and the most energy in my preparation was building my confidence and my belief that I could do it. The way that I did that is by deciding my outcome and living in the possibility of that outcome now. I want to explain that. So when you decide to do something that you've never done before, maybe you want to host a workshop or maybe you've got a 90 day goal and you've got some actions or some opportunities that you could do or take, but you've never done them before. They're outside of your comfort zone and they bring up a lot of fear. I just want to take a moment to tell you what's happening in your brain. When we approach new situations, our brain looks to our past to predict or inform what is going to happen when we go into this new and unknown opportunity. So when it came to me doing this talk, my brain looked to the past, so talks that I've done before, and it tries to use that to predict how this talk is going to go. So one of the things that my brain said was, so this, the talk that I did with Adidas, it had a larger audience, there was more press there, there was Steph from Fuck Being Humble, she was on the panel there as well. My brain was using all of these things to make me feel really afraid. And because I've never done a talk to this size of audience before and on this scale, and I've never done a talk where I had to get it together so quickly in such a short amount of time, my brain was going to the past and I didn't have any evidence that it was possible because I've never done it before. Then my brain was therefore saying, well, because I've never done it before, so I can't therefore do it in the future. This is a big mistake. And it's also a mistake that your brain is going to do for everything. It's okay. It's not something that like you have to avoid. I just want you to have some awareness of when your brain is using your past to predict your future, where your brain is like, well, I've never done that before. So it means therefore I cannot do it because it's not true. And as you're achieving your 90 day goals, it's very likely that your brain is going to do that. So what do we do then when we have never done it before? How do we build our confidence and our belief that it's possible and that we can do it? We do something which is so simple (laughs) and it's so easy that if you're listening to this podcast, you may be tempted to hear it and then just forget it. This is something that you can all implement right now. It's something that I recommend you do daily. And if you have a 90 day journal, you actually already have the tools at your disposal to do this and to do it in the exact way that I did. And what that is, is you spend more time visualizing it working out in your favor than you do spend time visualizing the failure. So you spend more time visualizing reaching your outcome, reaching your point B, being in Tokyo, than you spend time not being able to get there and it failing. In the Future Self 90 Day Journal, there is a link and it takes you to a a webpage on my website. And there's a visualization there and it's called Mental Rehearsal. And what that visualization does, it's about 16 minutes long. 
that visualization asks you to visualize a manifestation that you want to happen in the future. It asks you to visualize you seeing yourself as successful, to see yourself execute something really well, and to basically play out what you imagine that experience to be like. So maybe you want to visualize a launch, maybe you want to visualize publishing an article or taking action on a creative project that you have. In this instance, I visualized me doing my talk. I visualized me showing up with confidence. I visualized me knowing the words I'm going to say and not having to read off a paper. I visualized people telling me how amazing it was. And I visualized them smiling and looking into my eyes as they told me the talk was really good. I visualized Adidas and Albright inviting me onto other projects and wanting to work with me again. I even visualized me standing on the stage and looking out into the crowd and seeing all these eyes looking back at me. And I visualized me feeling so powerful and and so confident. And I imagined the crowd and the audience literally hanging off my every word and totally loving it. I did that using that visualization. And I did that every single night. I think there may, be, may have been one or two nights where I didn't do that. And those were the one or two nights where I was up and I just couldn't sleep because I felt so stressed about it. <laughs> and I felt really the most stressed right after I received the email. I was like, oh my goodness, I got really stressed. But nonetheless, that was a side, that was a side note. And so what happens when you start to visualize your success is your brain starts to get to work on how you can make this outcome possible. How can you make it possible that people really enjoy the talk? How can you make it possible that people want to work with you in again? Like, how is that even in your control? And it is. <laughs> if you ask me, it's totally in my control. I wanted them to work with me again. We're going to work together again, okay? And what it means is that every time you have a thought or a belief that isn't supportive, I had thoughts like, well, I'm feeling so much anxiety and so much stress about it that because I'm feeling so much anxiety and stress, therefore it means that I'm not good enough and that I shouldn't do it. Like that was literally my thought. And the more you start visualizing your success and you make that your predominant image in your mind, what happens is that you start to look at your thoughts differently. You start to like problem solve your thoughts and challenge your limiting beliefs. Like, why is it bad that I'm feeling anxiety? Why am I saying that anxiety is going to stop me from doing a good talk? I actually got coached twice by my coach on this. I'm a mindset coach who believes in coaching and sells coaching. Yes. And one of the things that my coach said to me was, well, isn't it normal to have anxiety when you're doing something unknown? Why is it a problem? And then that's when it hit me that I had been using my negative emotions as an indicator of weakness. I definitely had been associating emotions like confidence with power and strength. And if you feel confident, it must mean that you're doing it right. But sometimes, especially if you're working towards a goal, you're putting yourself outside of your comfort zone. 
sometimes those negative emotions can be a sign of, of strength. When you don't leave your comfort zone because you're feeling emotions of comfort and safety and security, those positive emotions to me could be a sign of weakness, a sign of fear. You're not wanting to put yourself out there. But being the person who chooses on purpose to show up, even when there's a risk that you don't know that will go your way, even when there's a huge risk of being humiliated or failing or doing it wrong, even when there's a risk that you won't be able to sleep some nights, when there's a risk that really putting yourself out there and putting yourself on the line, that to me is strength. Showing up and delivering the best talk that I can, even though I was afraid, even though I was anxious, to me, that is a sign of strength. That is a sign of power. That is a sign of courage. My coach then said, this is like a double whammy (laughs) of brilliant things they said to me. If you could have your life of your dreams, but the cost of that was feeling some anxiety was feeling stress would you take the life of your dreams at the cost of those negative emotions or would you say no to your dream life so you can avoid those negative emotions and I was like no (laughs) I don't want to avoid those negative emotions I want to feel them I want to go all in I want my dream life that's what I came here to do and the truth is You can't really, I don't believe that you can really avoid negative emotion because say I didn't do the talk, just as an example, say I said, no, I'm too afraid, I'm too anxious. That anxiety is just going to come up somewhere else. Like when I get to the end of my 90 days and I look back and I didn't take any action and I didn't put myself outside of my comfort zone, I might be feeling some anxiety and disappointment in myself at the end of that 90 days. So do I choose to choose a negative emotion that's going to move me towards my goal and take me outside of my comfort zone? Or do I choose to just delay my negative emotion when I'm looking back at my life one year from now, really upset that I didn't do, that I didn't change my life, that I'm living the same life, that I didn't put myself out there, okay? You can either have the discomfort of growth or the discomfort of staying the same. Either way, you're going to be feeling some discomfort. And it was this work of saying, hey, I feel anxious and stressed about this. And I'm still going to do it anyway. I'm still going to go and give it my best shot because I'm worthy and deserving of the life that I want. It was this work that really enabled me to achieve what I achieved. And it was the constant visualization, the constant imagining it going well. And of course, as I'm doing this, there's a lot of thoughts coming up. There's a lot of beliefs that I didn't even know that were under the surface that are coming up. So things about perfectionism, things about failure that I didn't even know that was there. This experience essentially became a crash course in getting rid of and cleaning all of those thoughts up. And as I was doing that, obviously I was coaching myself and removing those limiting beliefs now that I could, now that I was able to see them. Going through this process, I thought that the biggest achievement I would have is that I get to say, hey, I did a talk with Adidas and I get to put a little Adidas logo on my website. I thought that would be the best thing. Or Maybe I thought the best thing was getting paid, like doing a talk and getting paid well for it. 
thought that would be the best thing. But truly going into it with 10% belief, like knowing that I didn't believe I could do it and still doing it anyway, the biggest and best outcome that I know could have happened was that I would do something and I would have the experience to say that I can do hard things and that I can do things, I can create that belief inside myself to prove to myself that I can really predict the results that I want and I know how to create the results that I want. And with all of your 90-day goals, you may have a 90-day goal to create money, to create customers, to quit your job, to hire a studio, not to hire a studio, but you know what I mean, to have your own creative studio. You may have a 90-day goal to launch your creative business in some way, At the moment, you might be thinking that the best thing that can happen is getting the money, getting the customers, getting the studio or getting the clients or whatever. But the best thing that's going to happen is that you become someone who knows how to set a goal and knows how to achieve it. Someone who can generate confidence inside yourself. Someone who isn't waiting for other people to tell you that you're valuable and worthy because you already have the skills to do that. It's February. And now that I've done this talk, I literally remember walking home from that talk that Thursday and saying to myself, wow, this is really about to be the year where I achieve everything that I want, everything that I want. And it's not because I'm special or different. And it's not even because I don't think I'm better than anyone else. And I don't think I'm more worthy or deserving than any other human. The reason why I know that I will get everything that I want this year is because I'm willing to fail. I'm willing for it to suck. I'm willing for it to be painful and stressful and filled with anxiety. I'm willing to go with the unknown in order to achieve my goals. I'm willing to do that. And it's that willingness that will be the thing that has me recording a podcast for you in December talking about how I achieved all of my 90 day goals. I feel really proud and powerful to be able to say that. It's kind of interesting because many people listening to this are freelancers or you have a job or a a career and you have a business. Money does become a part of this. And sometimes I do get the sense that there is a reluctance to want money because money is seen as bad in society. However, in order to create any money, you internally have to go through so much change that the money simply becomes representative of your willingness to fail, your willingness to feel bigger negative emotions and your willingness to put yourself out there. So I have a few 90 day goals that are money related and I know that money won't be the best outcome of that goal. What's going to be the best outcome of achieving that goal is the belief and the confidence that I have in myself. I truly believe that that is what the 90 day goal is all about. So you set the 90-day goal. When you buy a journal, you set the goal. When you sign up to coach with me, you set the 90-day goal. And it really doesn't matter what, what it is because all that goal is there to do is to provide a vehicle for you to build confidence and trust in yourself. 
So just to summarise and just to wrap up this podcast, I want to give a big shout out to Adidas and the team at Albright for reaching out to me to take part in this opportunity. I felt so blessed being able to be part of that room. So I want to thank, give a shout out to them. And I want to thank me for believing in me. (laughs) I want to thank me for showing up in my journal. I want to thank me for all the visualizing I did. I want to thank me for getting, for raising my hand and getting coached and for really investing in myself and paying for coaching. I want to thank me for that. And to summarize the key points of this episode, I hope that you can walk away with these three learnings and lessons. Number one, that the negative emotions that you're willing to feel are not a sign of weakness. They're not a sign of doing that you're doing it wrong. Your willingness to feel negative emotions will be the currency to your dreams. The currency to your dreams isn't about what happened yesterday. It's not about going to the right school, having the right Instagram audience size. It's not about being pretty or skinny or inheriting a bunch of money. None of those things really matter when it comes to your success. The only thing that truly matters to creating the life that you want is your ability to experience negative emotion, to feel the fear and to show up anyway. Number two, for any goal that you're working with, especially if you've got a journal, you have no... Um, there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing this. Use the mental visualization so, so you can visualize your success more than you do your failure. This doesn't mean that you're going to feel great and happy and rainbows all the time. It might be like a situation where you spend 51% visualizing your success, but that's all you need. You just need the 51% to help yourself build confidence. And so you can show up from a place of power. So visualize your success more than you visualize your failure. And number three, if you are working towards your 90 day goal and you're achieving big things, you're putting yourself out there and you feel sick, like you feel lots of anxiety like I did, you feel lots of fear, you're like, am I really doing this? This is terrible. I want to let you know that if you feel sick, you're doing it right. If it feels like you're going to throw up and that you're almost at maximum capacity, you are doing it right. You are supposed to feel uncomfortable when you leave your comfort zone. And there's no reason why leaving your comfort zone has to be comfortable. You can do it. Nobody goes to the gym and asks the trainer, hey, can I just do a really nice workout because I don't want to feel uncomfortable? No. You go to the gym and you know you've had a good workout when it pushes you to your limits. It's the same thing with your goal. We don't want it to be easy. We can do hard things. So I know I said I was going to be wrapping up this podcast, but I have one more thing to tell you. This is actually a great time to let you know that I am recording a free webinar all about rewriting your relationship with failure. When you rewrite your relationship with failure, when your failure no longer means that you're a disaster, that you're a nobody and that you should be banished to a cave, what it opens you up to do is essentially what I've spoken about in this episode, it opens you up to opportunities that your past self could only have dreamt of doing. And I want to help you do that. 
one of the big feedbacks that I hear is that people set goals and they have a list of different ideas they can do to achieve their goal. But because they are so terrified of failing, they aren't able to move forward. And we cannot have that for you. So come to this webinar, let's rewrite that story and let's get you taking massive action that has you blow your mind with what you're able to achieve in 90 days. If you would like to join me, the webinar is going to be hosted on the 17th of March at 7pm, which I think is a Thursday. And all you have to do to join me is go to www.kyramatthews.com forward slash webinar, drop your name, drop your email there, and you'll be added to the list. So that's the 17th of March. I can't wait to see you there. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you're gonna wanna get in touch to Coach With Me one-on-one. We take all of these concepts and materials, apply them to your brain and your business so we can get you to your next level. Join me by going to www.kyramatthews.com forward slash next level. That's www.kyramatthews, K-I-R-A, matthews.com forward slash next level to get your space to coach with me one-on-one. I can't wait to see you there. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the No Room for Doubt podcast. If you've loved what you've heard today, you're probably going to want to coach with me one-on-one. Stuck to Unstoppable is my signature coaching program to transform your mindset and your confidence so you can go out and achieve the goals that you want in your life and in your business. Simply go to my website at www.kyramatthews.com to book your free 30-minute consultation. I cannot wait to get unstoppable with you. See you there.